What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey, uh, for all, all the information on everything that I'm up to, as well as the Championship Leadership Podcast. All you got to do is go to natebailey.org to check that out. Um, today's guest, this is my man. This is one of my uh, favorite people. Got introduced to him by another one of my favorite people, Evan Money, who I love to, to talk about and bring up inside of conversation here. Um, you need to go check out Evan Money's podcast, by the way, episode that I have on here. Um, but today's guest, Rob Decker, I had him on a while back. Like I said, we hit it off. Incredible human being, just, just salt of the earth guy. And uh, so I had him on for a second time. We've, we've become good friends here over the past, I don't know how long it's been, four, five, six months, something like that. But uh, Kingdom Fit ministry. He's, is, uh, he's got a gym and it's a ministry as well. And uh, he's got a phenomenal story. Go back. I would recommend listening to the first episode so that you can kind of hear his backstory. And then today we just, we, uh, we talked about a bunch of different stuff and it was fun to have that conversation, talked a little bit about what's going on today in our world and, and uh, the struggles that everyone faces and how we can get through those together. So uh, with that, I want to introduce you once again to the amazing, the incredible, the powerful the entertaining Rob Decker. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, Championship Leadership Podcast, and uh, we got a we, we got an old friend on the show here. Two times, second time in, Rob Decker, Colorado Springs. We I don't know was it earlier this year or was it just before? I don't remember. I think it might have been early 2020. You were on. I think it was early 2020. I want to say think, maybe February ish. Yeah, I think it was right before all the COVID stuff. Hit yeah. us hard, so because uh, we weren't really talking about that at that time. But oh. um, so yeah, it was. I wanted to bring Rob back on because he does have an incredible story. He's 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 um, he's as we were talking right before, he's just incredibly busy and up to some great things. You know his story. What I'll probably have you just maybe give us a, a short cliff notes for those that didn't hear you the first time. Yeah. Um, I know I know how you like to talk, so we'll keep that. <laughs> piece of the chart they could go back and listen to the first one and then uh and then we can kind of take it from there to what you're up to now for sure 
Uh, yeah, a little rundown on me. Um, you know, when I was 29 years old, I, I, I got into a place where um, I felt like suicide was the best answer for me. Um, I was up against some serious challenges. Um, I was being accused of rape and attempted murder. And, you know, there was 29 years of previous stuff that happened to me, the childhood trauma, the abuse, the drug and alcohol addiction. By the time I jumped out of the window, I was basically homeless, didn't have a job. You know, I was selling, I was selling drugs and yeah. So, you know, I, I got involved with a young lady and uh, she happened to be escorting at the time. And I tried to pull her out of that situation and it really worked against me. And um, she ended up accusing me of some charges. And so in, in that moment out of fear and betrayal and confusion and just having had it, you know, um, my life just didn't make sense up to that point. I decided to run head first through a closed three-story loft window with the intention of breaking my neck and ending my life. And my foot clipped an awning, changed my fall. I ended up breaking my back, both my arms, collapsing my lungs. And um, I was told that I may never walk again. Plus, I was facing rape, murder, charges. And so, yeah, but we're here now, man. <laughs> we're, we're here, here now. now. Yeah. That was Memorial Day weekend, 2007. And that's a great way to start a show right there. Like, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Most people are yeah. like, is it, isn't it like the middle of the show? Can't you warm up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just lay you know, it on. I just wear Mike Tyson <laughs> first 30 seconds. Kind of, you know. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he does. He's he's walking and he's playing softball. He's got the use of his arms and and a lot of other things in your life have, have turned around as well. You get a business called Kingdom Fit out of your yeah. garage, correct? And um, yeah, you have, you have an incredible business there. Tell me, uh, tell us what else. You, I know you just said there was a few other things that you're up to now too uh, recently that's just really got life moving in the right direction for you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So I'm a health and fitness coach. I run Kingdom Fit out of my home. Um, fit is faith and training. I play center field for my, my softball team. So, you know, I'm healed, take no medications. Now I'm giving back, you know, and, and giving people hope with that. You know, when I moved out to Colorado Springs a couple of years ago, I was invited to a mental health symposium and, um, because I want to start delving into mental health, right. Um, I want to show people there's a way out of it. Um, and, and so the last couple of years I've been attending and in that process, I met a, 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 an individual who owned his own mental health practice, a psycho, psychotherapist practice. At the time, I didn't know it was his practice, but I kept running into him. I was like, hey, man, if there's anything I could ever do for you, just let me know because, you know, I'm a big faith guy. I'm a big fitness guy. You know, I know what it's like to get out of, out of the ditch. I want to get to know more about mental health so that I can help people. Well, he recently reached out to me and he said, hey, you know, we want to create this program um, through our practice where we bring in a peer, someone who's been through it all and, you know, leads a class of others that are trying to come out of it themselves. And so, um, yeah, so he got me certified. So now I'm officially a recovery addictions coach as well. And to go along with um, all the other cool stuff and all the other certifications I have. And so twice a week, you know, I, I, I lead a class and it's really life skills. It's, it's, it's people that are in recovery 
So we're offering them resources, uh, getting them to think about new ways to approach their, their goals, um, trying to, without getting too therapy about it, like, you know, just trying to assist people on um, having a little bit more hope and being able to make some better decisions so that when they get out of the, that class, they have a better foundation. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I know he, he glazed over it, but you better think twice about taking home on a, on a pop fly on, on this guy right here. <laughs> yeah, I got a bit of a cannon, bro. I yeah. that. <laughs> Nate's been watching some videos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, 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 I see those, uh, those softball weekly uh, updates that, that we get on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, bro. I'm, I'm grateful that I get to run around in the outfield, and I'm, I'm oh, the man. oldest guy. On my, okay. I'm the oldest guy on my team, bro. And I'm like, I love softball, work. bro. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, let's talk about you know mental health. I'm definitely not an expert, but I, it does seem, and I know some others that are kind of in this space of really checking in and checking on people with some mental health issues. I got some good friends, some, some veterans from the military that have some foundations around PTSD and, and, uh, but I think overall mental health as well, and just watching out for people and checking in on people. And, you know, it's from what I, from what I can tell, those numbers are kind of sky high, um, Mm -hmm. because of COVID because of the shutdown, you know, shut down and uh stay in place and, and kind of separating yourself from others is maybe good to hopefully get a handle on this this virus but it's not good if you have mental health right having to be alone well, um, and it, it's you know bro it's uh you know what i've seen is you know child abuse spousal abuse drug and alcohol abuse um suicide has all increased on the next level. And to me, it just seems like, you know, there's a disregard for all that stuff. I, you know, it's not getting enough attention. And the reality yeah. of this is like, whether you're for masks or against masks, or you're totally into this whole COVID thing, or you're not totally into this whole COVID thing, because there are many perspectives, there's many different forms of research out there. There's a lot of different ideas. There's a lot of conflicting information out there. I just don't think that as individuals, we should be isolated and be taken away from people. You know, there is uh, very important elements to human touch, to human connection, to take that away from people, especially people that are already kind of on the fence with struggling. I don't think that's an ideal situation whatsoever. You just can't, you know, you can't be in public and totally shame people for where they stand in their belief system or where they may stand with their health. Um, Here's a quick little story. I have a a very good friend who was in a Sprouts and he has post-traumatic stress disorder, right? He was homeless. He was raped. He was beaten. Um, Someone put a hand over his mouth in that process. So for him to have to put something over his mouth is very um, traumatizing for him. And he was out in public and, and he had a medical note and everything. And, and he just wanted to go shopping, man. He just wanted to go grocery shopping and he got shamed. He got ridiculed. He broke down and, and had a, a crying spell in, in the middle of the store. And his wife was with him witnessing this whole thing. And he was watching 
the employees, not all of them, mock him and laugh at him. You know, I can't even imagine what that feels like. Uh, as a guy who was molested, you know, um, myself, you know, there's just certain things that could trigger you. And if you haven't really coped with it, dealt with it, have a way to process it. And a lot of times this stuff blindsides you, right? You know, that's just a really, really tough place to be. And I found that, you know, out in public, people are being very shameful. Um, I've seen some arguments ensue and that's not good for anybody. Um, you really don't know anybody's situation. And, and so um, people are running to the bottle, people are running to the pills, you know, they're being overwhelmed with this isolation and it's just leading to more detrimental uh, responses. Right. Um, yeah. And a lot of people aren't seeking out the help, man. And, and, and that's tough. But we're having yeah. an overload right now. We're completely oversaturated with a struggle with mental peace. Yeah, that's, you're right. You know, I mean, you don't know anyone's situation. I, I think I can you know, I definitely speak with, for myself. Of, you get into certain situations, you see, see certain people and you, you don't know the whole story. And, and it's, it can be really easy to assume that you do or assume that everybody's like you or, you know, whatever it might be. But everybody's story is, is so different. And, uh, yeah, especially right now. And then you got the election on top of that. It's just so many things are, are heightened right now. And divisive is a word that comes to mind. And it's just, it's, uh, it's hard to see and it's hard. It's also hard to, I don't know. I feel like, feel like sometimes just staying away from it and cause it does sap a lot of energy. And then there's the other thought of like, man, well, how long do you just stay quiet and not take a stand for, for things that you believe in too? So it's a tough, what do you, do you find yourself falling into that at all? Or where, where um, do you find yourself inside of this, these conversations? You know, I see a lot of fear. I see a lot of fear and I understand people's fear. And so depending on the, on the situation, like, you know, you got to approach everything a little bit different. Like for me personally, like I just try to, I try to respect and I try to love on people, um, you know, because that's what people need right now. Um, you know, the class that, that I lead, you know, one of the, so I, you know, I honor the six foot. So when I'm not wearing a mask, um, so for me as a, a health and fitness coach and, you know, where I am with the whole situation, you know, I wear my mask minimally, you know, I'll do it in public places like the grocery store and stuff like that. And, and I was, um, but you know, also too, I, I believe in breathing fresh air all the time. I, I, right. I believe in doing everything in our in, in uh, our abilities to strengthen the immune system. And that's going to be by breathing fresh air, moving well, drinking water, recovering, eating well. Like there's so many things that we can do to build our immune system. And the reality is this, man, if I get sick, I've just built antibodies toward the, the next time it hits me, right? Like I remember when I was a kid, my parents would be Oh, that kid's got chicken pox. You haven't got it yet. Well, let's go stick you in a room with them. So you can get it, right. Like, but that's, but that's, that's what I know and understand the human body. That's how it works. Right. So I have my own education. I have my own perspective on it. I try to honor people in, in, in their stuff as well, but I was sitting in class next to an open window 
and a one of uh, one of the students comes in and she goes, well, you know, I was thinking about it and I really want everyone in this room wearing a mask. Bro, I'm like 12 feet away from her, 10, 12 feet away from her. And um, I'm sitting next to a window, man. And I just took a moment and I said, okay. And what I saw in her was fear. She was living in a bunch of fear. And, um, and unfortunately, all these avenues of information that are being thrown at us aren't necessarily to build us up and make us stronger or make us wiser. It almost seems like they're there to create division and they're there to break yeah. us down and they're there Let's to pump us full of fear. And so, you know, initially I had to put my, my preference aside and say, Hey, I'm here for you. This class is for you. And I, I put my mask on to respect that situation. And so every situation is different, man. You know, I was at the park yesterday and playing with my kids and I just kind of go off into my own world with my kids and go do my thing. And, you know, if I see someone wearing a mask, yay, man, I just stay away because that's where you're at. You know, that's exactly where you're at. I, I don't want to invade that. When I'm at the grocery store and I have my family with me, well, the last thing I want is someone who is full of fear and anger to attack my little ones, to attack my, my wife, man. Like, so, you know, depending on the situation again, but I am going to minimize it because again, I know what I know. I believe in what I believe and I'm going to do my best to protect my immune system so that I don't get sick, that my family doesn't get sick. And in the event we do, guess what? I'm going to fight it. And we're going to be okay. Life is going to yeah, move on, yeah. right? And, right? And that's kind of where I'm at with all of it. But with all the mental health stuff going on and all the fear being pumped into people, you know, that's a hard place to be, you know, because people are scared. They are yeah. so scared. And so um, you just kind of got to use wisdom in the environment that you're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, wise words, I do believe. Yeah. And it can be, you know, good for you in that situation where that gal comes in and to really create that space, you know, because too many of us, you know, I was this way for a long time. I'd be super reactive in those moments and, and not take the time to really think that through like you did. So, you know, that ability is, is a great ability to have, you know, wish that more of us had that or could, could find a way to, uh, to, t to take that on for themselves. What's, um, you know, as you've talked, you have your business, you have the, the recovery classes and coaching that you're doing, uh, mm -hmm. you're doing some speaking. What really is the ultimate, uh, you know, what's, what is it that Rob Decker or AKA Alyssa uh, Decker? <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to this. Well, and you don't see it on the screen. Can we just get this out in the open right now? Or what? <laughs> He's got Alyssa on his Zoom zoom handle and he doesn't know how to fix it so he said <laughs> <laughs> i'm using my wife's i'm using, I'm using the iPad that my wife uses man come on dude so hey funny story no great story so so i was going through the recovery classes bro and um all the recovery coaches you know the um potential recovery coaches they were all women and um the teacher of the class another male my name kept popping up as Alyssa, man and it just kind of became <laughs> for that 
for that four days, it just kind of became, it became the joke, you know? And so yeah, yeah, yeah. we had fun with it and I understand that I'm going to get some grief for it, but <laughs> whatever, I'll just, I'll just puff up my chest, Nate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't want to attribute to any mental health here because playing, <laughs> right. just playing. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're just well, you know, you know, speaking on that, like, you know, it, it's crazy how we have to kind of get away from like picking on each other and isn't it? And, yeah, right. Like, like you gotta apologize for it like in the beginning ahead of time, right? <laughs> like, bro, my yeah, like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think the fun part of humor is there there is some shock to it, you know, like, oh, that was right. funny. That was so wrong, but that was so funny, right? Yeah, no, no, right. <laughs> you know, laughter gives me life, man. I mean, you know, in all the times that I was in pain and my recovery and my, you know, just growing and healing and, you know, humor, humor just kind of just took the weight off, you know? And, and I feel that right now we're in a place where we have to be very, very hyper vigilant about the things that come out of our mouth because we're afraid of, of, of offending each other, you know? And so, you know, man, yeah. it's tough. Take ourselves because, less seriously. <laughs> bro, I, I grew up in, a, in an environment where they called me white boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so right. to me, like, to me, I'm like, dude, that's like my name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yo, what's up? Like, they stopped yeah, calling me hey. Rob. Like, yo, white boy. Like, yo, what's up? Like, <laughs> um, Well, that's a good point, you know, because it's like, again, with everything going on, um, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan a fair amount and obviously he's a comedian. He has a lot of comedians on and he's talked, you know, like comedians are out of work and uh, yeah. comedians bring a lot of uh, that. They, they bring that thing to other people's lives where they can just kind of like laugh and forget about some of the struggles going on. And it's not just comedy. It's, it's all entertainment really. Right. Music. I mean, right. concerts, just the, the places that we would go to, to, to let some steam off or to have a good time or to connect with, with people. And, and, uh, just, you know, experiences are such a great big part of life and less and less of those that we're able to go and really have right now. Yeah. Again, that all comes down to the human connection. And I think that we were all created for that. You know, we, we were, we were created to be a tribe, to be a community, to come together, to lift each other up, to help each other out, not to create differences and to, you know, um, judge each other on our political beliefs. So like, bro, believe what you want. We can still be boys. You know, right. what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. like, you know, like, you know, and again, it goes back to something you said about being reactive. It feels like no one is processing information anymore. They're just reacting, 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 you know, and, and that's just so unfortunate, man. And so, you know, I'm going to keep cracking some jokes. You know, I just got to know yeah. my, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. No, my hey, you got to take a little risk, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what life is, right? So, yeah, you know, absolutely. we grow, we grow, and we learn, and we build off of risk, right? Yeah. No one, you know, I don't enjoy life taking the safe bet. You know, I quit a forty-hour week job to start my own gym and my own ministry. Like, there was no guarantees in that, man. Right. You know, but that's right. a risk. Uh, me. Me going after a woman 12 years younger than me, you know, eight years ago, you know, that was a risk, man. I was this broken, beaten bum that was living in the garage and I'm like, <laughs> hot little Sicilian senior college student, right? Like, that's a risk. <laughs> I'm taking chances, bro. Like, you know, 
I don't know who that's a risk for, her or you, but yeah, there's a risk there. <laughs> well, it was a risk of rejection for me. It was a risk of a crummy life for her. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but even like the doctor's like, you shouldn't be working out and lifting weights with all that hardware. It's like, I'm taking the risk. Like, you know, I'm here for a reason. Like everything is a risk. Me getting on stage and sharing a story, that's a risk. That's a risk of me like, you know, um, failing miserably and, and, and being embarrassed or shamed, you know what I'm saying? Like not everyone's going to love what you're hearing and people are always, but you got to take risks in this life, man. I mean, I, I think that's what life is all about is, but back to, you know, where do I see all this stuff going? Obviously we're going to open up a comedy club. That's what we're doing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, uh, it's going to uh, be an underground <laughs> underground for you know and it's gonna it's gonna be called like not for the sensitive right? <laughs> <laughs> you know i've wanted to actually so that's why you say that i've always kind of i'm like i want to go do some open mics and see what it would be like so, so let's do it. <laughs> right yeah, yeah. until someone <laughs> starts throwing baseballs at you instead of tomatoes <laughs> yeah. right like, yeah. the <laughs> you like baseball, baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the insensitive uh comedy club yeah Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I hope someone didn't get offended by that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But ultimately, you know, I'm over here just trying to create uh, an, a community center, something that's kind of like church, but not church. I know that a lot of people have had bad experiences in church. And for me personally, I've had very bad uh, experiences in church. Like, what? oh, man. Oh, dude. I'm glad you asked, Nate. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> you can't just say that and then not yeah, tell me what it is. Right? <laughs> While we're on Zoom, I'm like, wink, wink. <laughs> Bro, I'm giving you meatballs right yeah, now. No, like, <laughs> I'm crushing them. <laughs> right? Freaking BP right now, buddy. Um, so I was at this mega church, man, and um, – Man, they, they loved my story. This was right after I attempted suicide, broke my back. I started attending this church. Well, they're like, it was Thanksgiving. And they're, they were like, hey, we want to share your story at our church. So they're like, give us a bunch of pictures. Let's record this. I read this script, recorded it. Boom. They put together this video that I never got to look at. Right. I didn't get to see it to the day of, of being in church. So here's the thing. So most of my friends were minorities a lot of there was like um you know pictures of alcohol and stuff like that well what they had done is they had created this video where it almost vilified all my friends of color and then i had this aha moment in this church and because of this church i'm saved now and my life is so much better and they had me hanging out with a bunch of individuals that look like myself i mean it, it was bad um, yeah. yeah. And, and my friend's family was there. Here's the crazy part that those people in those pictures were my family, bro. Like they brought me into their, their home, fed me, took care of me in the middle of my brokenness in my recovery. And now they get slathered to the community. Right. So that created some tension. Like I, some of those relationships haven't even been repaired, man. Months, months. Oh, man. So after all that, the worship leader comes up to me. He's just like, uh, you know, hey, that's an amazing story. I'd like to get to know you better, man. Like, so we become friends. A couple years pass and he has a falling out with his wife. And this guy, dude, 
I can't stress enough, worship leader of this church. Like this guy had an angelic voice. He had two homes. He was taken care of, man. The church took care of this dude. His wife leaves him, leaves him with the kids. He hits me up. He's just like, hey, Rob, can you come help me? My wife left me. Help take care of the kids, right? Well, when, while I was living there, he tried to sexually assault me a couple times. And I was still drinking at the time, right? So when initially happened, I shook it off as it just a drunk. Dude, you're just drunk, bro. Like, what is this drunkness, right? Well, over time, over the next couple months, he kept like he would be undressed, standing across the wind, uh, the the kitchen, staring at me. Um, when I when I wasn't buying into his stuff, he kicked me out of the room that I was sitting sleeping in to move me into the basement. He's like, "Well, I'm bringing somebody else in to watch my kids." Well, I stopped. Yeah, I stopped watching his kids because because he was making sexual advances at me, bro. And I had nowhere <laughs> right. to go. Yeah, I had nowhere to go. Yeah, I, I didn't run to the church. I didn't tell them. I was like, this is a whack situation. I come home one day after the gym workout and um, all my stuff was out on the yard. He gave me the boot for, yeah. So we'll, we're going to fast forward. Fast forward a few years. He ended up dead because he kept that behavior going. And I watched the news um, clip about it. The church completely covered it up. The ch- you know, and I'm just, wow, you know, like the church covers it up, right? And um, I reached out to an old friend who used to work in the church. He was a pastor of the church. He no longer was there. And him and, had, him and I had a conversation about it. Well, turns out that leadership in church knew about this man's behavior, but because he brought money in, because of his singing, well, they, they protected their investment there at the church. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and then I've been in other churches where, you know, the things that come out of their mouth in the pulpit, like that just doesn't make sense. The whole, like, you better give money to the church. I'm paraphrasing or else yeah. we're not going to help you type stuff or, um, you know, God only meets you in church. You know, one of the pastors said something along the lines about like, you know, some of us go outdoors and we spend time alone with God in the mountains and the outdoors, right? Like for me, that's a, a meditation prayer time for me to go exercise outdoors. And, yeah. and uh, he says, well, that's not where you, like, that's not where you meet God. And I'm like, dude, that's total, like, what is this? Yes, it is. Absolutely, right? Maybe that's, for some people, maybe that's their only time with God, right? With this crazy yeah. world, you know? But, you know, so many, and I'm not saying that all churches like that because, you know, I, I'm connected to a, an amazing church here in Colorado Springs called the Sanctuary. You know, it's a recovery church for those struggling with addiction and alcoholism and abuse. And, you know, no matter what walk of life you're in currently, whatever state you're in, they will open the doors and allow you to come in, right? Because they want to share the love of God with, with you. And so there are great churches out there, but I'm just saying with my experiences with the church, Going back to my community center, because so many people have had experiences like that, that they've run away from God, they've run away from church. I want to provide a safe place, a sanctuary for those people to come, to have access to fitness, because you and I, because you're a fitness guy, and I saw you rocking it the other day. You and I know the physiological effects that movement has on the human brain, which helps alleviate depression and anxiety and self-doubt and 
insecurities, right? Like fitness will help elevate certain areas in your brain, right? Um, it's science, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. And, right. It's the science I trust, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've partaken in that science myself, so I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but to have kind of like you know a place where people can come and and hang out and you know uh, get away, work out community to create a community of people. And some people may be walking with God and be far deep and advanced in that walk. And some people are, are wondering, and some people may not have any relationship with God. That's all okay, man. Because ultimately it's like, you know, nothing is going to change in this world until we start sharing love with other people. What I found in churches, a lot of times, not all churches, is there's like this high school mentality. There's, there's cliques and cults and not everybody's welcome, bro. You know, right. um, the really cool thing about the church that I attend and, and Dr. E, and he's a doctor too. You know, he's not only, he's like a, a therapist, psychologist, but he's a pastor. So he sees kind of like the spiritual realm. He sees the mental realm. And then he's able to bring it all together and be like, man, I, you know, I get people and I can help people. And I love that. And he's kind of like a guy that I, I, I when, when building all this for myself, because I'm like, man, he's in his own way, he's already doing that kind of stuff. And so you want to bring people from all walks of life into this building to be like, man, you may not be where I'm at, but it's cool. Because a lot of, um, you know, churches reject the homeless. You know, they reject the drug addict. Here's the thing. If someone comes into to church drunk, Man, my thing is this. Hey, at least you made it to church, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Obviously, you know you need something there. Yeah. People have some deep-seated issues. And I know that through my alcoholism and drug use, those were band-aids, coping mechanisms. They were just, they were symptoms. And I had to, um, to fully understand that I had to get out of the drug and alcohol abuse to start really peeling away the layers and like, okay, well, this is why I drink. This is why I use, this is what I wasn't dealing with. This is what I should have been dealing with. Right. And, and I did some like deep seated, like self-reflection. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to improve the human being. And, and then all this other stuff started to show up. And so I wanted to provide an arena like that, you know, so it's not necessarily like a specific drug and alcohol group, which has their own way of thinking and their own structure, or it's not church where it's just like, boom, boom, boom. But it's like, okay, how can we come together as a community, make God the center of it? And, and for those that really don't know him, like, you know, love on them, be of action, be a per person of action. I don't want to hear the fire and brimstone and you're going to burn in hell. And like, you're a piece of, like, yeah, I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. I want to say, I want to see other people live the love of God to people to draw them close to God. Right. Um, yeah. Because we're going to be the vessels for that. So my heart and, and dream and aspirations is that. And we're also, I'm working on a book right now about yeah. my life. Oh, snap. Yeah. Breaking news, everybody. Oh yeah. Rob's so it looks like I'll be on the coming out. I'm going to be yeah, on the show again. <laughs> Hey, don't, like I'm coming don't be, back, so, ex folks. Don't be right. so excited about it. Jeez. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just another day in my life. You know, this, this everyday stuff, you know, 
You know, it's, When's the book it's common to have <laughs> it's common to have abs and read books and have beautiful <laughs> children. Like that's just what life is. Um, not not everyone can be you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't that suck? <laughs> <laughs> so I hope everybody shows up to my community center. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so um, you know, currently working on a book and. Um, the book's going to be called God's Awning. And the reason the name of the book came up was because my, my, my foot clipped an awning when I, when I jumped out of that window. And one day I was just sitting on it. And I'm like, well, I know I'm supposed to be writing a book. And, you know, I'm, I'm already thinking of the title and it just comes to me, right? God's Awning. So a couple of weeks passed and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I just get this, you need to, you need to look up the word awning. Just just stop what you're doing. Look up awning. And I looked up the word awning and it meant protection. And I got the chills, bro. Like the hairs on my arm were, and I'm like, and I just, in that moment, I was like, my foot clipping that awning was God's protection over my life. Right. Uh, Not the fact, like I survived, that was all protection, but the, the change in my fall based on my foot clipping and, and then a couple of weeks after that, I was sharing my story through social media and some guy hits me up. I don't even know how we became friends on Facebook, you know, probably mutual friends, right? You're like, this dude wants to be your friend. Cool. We're friends, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I just want to be friends with everybody. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but he goes, you know, you have an amazing story. You should write a book. And I was like, you know, that's something I, I truly want to do. I just don't write. Um, but that's something I've definitely wanted to do. And he goes, well, I know that you're a health coach. I need fitness. You need a writer. Why don't we swap it out? And so, yeah. So now I train him and he's writing my book. And uh, his name is Tez Brooks. He's amazing. He just won an award for book of the decade through some publishing company. So. Yeah, he's a pretty solid, legit writer, man. He's like way more OCD than I ever could. Be. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess that's what makes him such a great writer because he's paying attention to all the details. Because for yeah, me, dude, I just spew stuff out, bro. You know, I just spew <laughs> right. We're going to go back to Nate's original thing. <laughs> Rob likes to talk. <laughs> 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 So yeah, so I talk a lot. Well, that's a good it. thing when you're on a podcast. So yeah, you're good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's another thing. I actually, I'm on a podcast now as well. It's called The Cul-de-Sac. I'm on there with three other individuals. And, oh, you know, cool. even though. It's funny, I haven't gotten an invite on that yet. Huh? I'm, sure oh, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it got stuck in the mail somewhere. Boy, <laughs> 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 like douche, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, until you have six pack abs and and a ministry of yourself, like, um, no, my, my buddy invited me onto this podcast on this panel and it's, um, I mean, I'm virtually the only believer, the cul-de-sac. And, um, so it's very, it can be pretty edgy, bro. Um, it's a challenge for me because as you know, like when I go on podcasts, you know, Hey guys, I cuss once in a while, just throwing it out there. Um, I'm not perfect. I'm not holy. <laughs> um, but, you know, but, you know, during the podcast, like 
you know, they get to cussing and all that stuff and we get into some deep issues. And so for me, it's tough because, you know, I want the world to be the audience, right? So I don't want to limit it to just Christians and I don't want to limit it to just the world. But a lot of times those two worlds have a hard time coming together. You know, um, they reject each other. And so it's a challenging place for me to be because it's like, you know, I'm not going to be preaching scripture all day, but at the same time, like we're talking about real stuff and some of the guys, you know, they're, they're throwing out some words. And, you know, for me, to me, that's what living in the real world's all about anyway. You know, I deal with people on a regular basis and, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me how Christians will polish up their talk depending on the situation and then like kind of, um, and not all Christians, but like, and then kind of judge other people for doing it. Like I've seen some of that too. And, and I struggle with that. I I struggle with, you know, the guy that's going to sit there and do his own thing and play by his own rules, but then blast everyone else for doing it. So I just don't want to, you can find hypocrites in all areas of life. Right. So. Amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been highly burned by a lot of people in my faith. And so I think that for me, it's an easy go-to when dealing with, men of God and leaders in faith and, and Christians and pastors and ministries, like, dude, I've been probably railroaded by more of them than anybody. But then again, like that's the bulk of my community, but that doesn't change my relationship with God. It just, man, bro, rough sometimes. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, Yeah. We've gone a a lot of different places here. what do you got for us? Let's wrap this up. What's a message we can, you can leave with us with as I just throw you a massive change up here. And now you got to come up with the content for my show. So. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh man. I mean, you know, I I think considering the state of affairs going on right now, like, you know, I think all of us can do a little bit better of stopping in our tracks, taking a deep breath, really processing things and um, accepting people for who they are. You know, it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay not to get involved in certain situations. It's okay not to win debates and arguments because reality is this. No one's trying to teach anybody any, anything in those situations, bro. They just want to win. And that's not about like, I think love is winning, man. And, and so I think that, you know, as we all step out, you know, we can be a little bit more respectful, a little more understanding, a little bit more understanding, uh, um, appreciative, um, and just be grateful. You know, we still live in a country we, where we have access to a lot of things and things are tough right now. And I think that we need to take individual responsibility for a lot of what's going on right now. And a lot of it kind of gearing back to the mental health element of it. You can be the difference in someone else's mental health, right? Your response, your reaction to somebody is the one that's either going to put a smile on their face or perhaps push them to hit that bottle or pop some more pills or, you know, um, so just be a little bit more mindful of the sensitive times that we're in and, and, you know, be a little selfless. And regardless of the situation, just show some love, man. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I appreciate you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing that book. What are what are a few ways that everybody can c- connect with you if they want um, after this? They probably don't Robert. want to, but in case they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Just by the way, guys, Nate, Nate stopped me. Just want to let you know. He came to me. Just to let you know, hey bro, what's up? You want to hang out again? Hey, if, if you if you call Rob, lighten up my my text messages, uh, stalking him. Then yeah, right. So, oh, I had to fill out a police report. Uh, this podcast is more about the people and not Nate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, robdeckerspeaks.com. You know, you have access to, you'll see my social media attached to that, email attached to all that stuff. Facebook is is Rob Decker. Um, Decker underscore Rob is Instagram and Rob Decker on LinkedIn. So, you know, message me, reach out to me. Um, you know, if you need to talk to me, once you message me, I'll just give you my phone number. And then, you know, if you need to talk, you need prayer, you just need someone to listen. You just need quick advice, like whatever. You know, I do my best to be there for as many people as I possibly can. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you, man. And uh, it's, been, it's been great. So uh, in, as, in the message of, of today, I love you, brother. Thank you. Love you too, my brother, man. And go rock off, bro. I will. I'm going to go do that here in a little bit. <laughs> Get it in, bro. Have a good day, man. Uh, you too. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby.